What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. I'm your host, as always, TJ. And in this episode, I'm joined once again by Alex. As I said in the podcast, desperate times calls for desperate measures. I've actually got a decent backlog of guests coming on the podcast and some that have already been recorded. But I figured it's more important to get some regular Q&As going to help you guys out with any questions that you have and to, you know, keep getting Alex on the podcast whilst we are almost all locked down and sort of homebound for the time being. Now, this podcast isn't all just about what you can do at home with uh, self-isolation and all of that, but there are some questions that skirt around that, but it's also just a little bit lighthearted. We answer some deep training questions as well, kind of do the full spectrum of questions so we've got some goofy ones some interesting ones and some uh, really deep challenging ones as well now these questions are asked by all of our guys on the rugby muscle athletes facebook page if you want to go to uh if you want to just go on facebook and search rugby muscle athletes it'll be the first one you find and then tell them that you come from the podcast and ask a question you will be required to ask a question upon joining that's how we get these questions and it's how you guys really have some thinking to what you want to improve upon and potentially even set yourself some goals. And I talk about that a little bit in this podcast, so I'll leave that for then. If you want to know exactly what the questions are that we are asked, I've copied and pasted them in the description below, or you can find them in the show notes at rugby-muscle.com, where you can also find 50 free rugby conditioning sessions. And, you know, whilst we're in this lockdown, whilst you've got a bit more free time, take the two minutes to go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review or on Stitcher, send me a screenshot and you have a good chance to win a prize, which I've mentioned in the end of the show. So listen all the way through to find out more about that. Otherwise, let's get straight into this episode. This is episode 153, Facebook Live Q&A. You are becoming a recurring theme on this podcast again, and we're going to knock as many Q&A podcasts out during this time as we can, I think, because it's it's quite cool. And most of it, right? Yeah, and, and a lot For of sure. people that come to the podcast go all the way back to the old school ones that had me and you just talking shit for an hour and a half. Was that last and, week? Uh, it's almost like, <laughs> yeah. it's a little trip down memory lane. So um, I'm going to scroll all the way down to the first question we have is from Tom Lawley, uh, who's a Team Rabbit Muscle member. And he says, question for the group, after a lower back injury, what's the best way to get back into the gym, sprint and general activity without injuring it again? Uh, and put some context pulled his lower back in the gym during the week, trying to go too heavy on uh, single arm snatches. And then technique went to shit shit, as usual. Yeah, I know. That's not the one that a lot of people take pride in. I mean, it it is one that you can most certainly hurt your lower back doing. So it's actually one of my best lifts as it happens. Yeah. I, Yeah. I I haven't done it in a long while, but it, what it used to be one of my, it's one of those that, if you just do it consistently for a few weeks, you can get you can shift some a surprising amount of tin yeah, right. in a single arm snatch, and it's just impressive because no one ever really trains it. That's why it's impressive. Especially if you use a barbell, you use a barbell no, instead. It's not impressive because it's actually impressive. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. All right. Um, so you want to go ahead and sort of answer, start towards answering that question, mate? Yeah, for sure. So um, basically, any kind of back injury, you got to be a little bit careful with. But by careful, we don't mean avoid training. We mean, and I think we said this before, at least I've said it before at some point, that injury is just a product of something exceeding the tolerance of tissue, right? Yeah. So as long as you're operating below the tissue tolerance level, as in at a point that it doesn't hurt or doesn't make you actively worse, we're building tolerance. Right. So what I would do for Tom is start his training off now at a level that he can tolerate which doesn't exacerbate the pain yeah or doesn't exacerbate any movement impairments by injury and gradually right. build that over time so there's I'm not saying he can't move i'm not saying you need to stop training what i'm saying is he should be training should be doing something as long as it's below the level which is going to impair um him for the future yeah so as, yeah as long as it's not you know you've got to find what you can do to sort of get a rep so it's a it's a combination of training around the injury so doing what you can do that lower back can tolerate, mm-hmm. right? And then from there, we're looking at 
right, depending on how bad it is, how can we address the issue at hand without it flaring up again? Because obviously, if you've got a weakness that you need to address, then just hammering that weakness really hard is not going to be a good thing because then you're going to get the DOMS and you're going to get the soreness and you're going to leave yourself more exposed to more injuries in the future, like in the short-term future, by stressing that injury, like by stressing that weakness even more. So you've got to slowly build up that strength and slowly address that weakness whilst also doing what you can to hammer all the stuff that is fine around that injury. Yeah, so like he's probably got like this flared up like L4, L5, right? On one would, side. Yeah, you I, I would assume that, right? something in his lumbar spine is, is giving so, him a little so, bit of shit. So there's no reason he can't be doing hamstring curls on a machine. There's no reason he can't be doing keeping his like, torso rigid, like hip thrusts and stuff like that. Yeah. Probably get away with a good morning, but he's got no rotation on it. Mm. We'll see. Yeah, that's my thought on that anyway. Yeah, I mean, but he says in the comments below, we've got not too bad, I can walk around happily, sitting can be uncomfortable. So yeah, avoid staying in the same positions. And actually, this is a good note whilst we're in, you know, everyone's in lockdown and working from home and all this stuff. Like if you're just sat down for hours on end and then you go to go train, you're going to you're gonna be in a not a good position to yeah. stay away from injury. For you're sure. going to hurt yourself. Like, because you're just stuck in a, sitting down, you know, standing up in the exact same position for an extended period of time can injure you. But no one ever does that for five hours on end. No way. Um, like you'll see me, I'm shifting from side to side all the time. Yeah, just keep, just keep moving about, like even if you're sat down and you do an hour of work, then get up, go for a walk, do that sort of stuff. Do the things that stop you or don't just sit in the same position all the time. Move around um, and then, yeah, train what you can. And then we go towards that advice that we said already. Sweet. Um, yeah. Don't, but, you know, lower back injuries are the worst. So Yeah, long time to heal. Yeah, really, really make sure that when you get back, like you're addressing that issue. So a lot of it is like weak, weaker, unstable core. Um, Alex is just going to go spot a lift here. As you can see, uh, for those listening to the podcast, Alex and I are recording this. I'm recording this from my gym, which is just my apartment <laughs> uh, with a few bands, which are not out at the moment. They're in storage. But Alex is recording this from, I believe, well, if you if you go to the Facebook group, you can see it. It's a pretty interesting setup where it's just, oh, he's stuck with just two people, him and his missus, and she's going for a squat. He's got a spot, and she squeezes it out. Anyway, um, yeah, getting your lower back injured is something you really don't want to do. So it's often a combination of like a weak core, tight lower back, tight hips, so potentially weak sort of hips as well. Because that happens, it puts a strain on the lower back because – that the strength you never have to, um, or the the weight or the load or the movement stuff gets shifted into a direction that you don't want it to be, and the lower back's the first thing that you know you tend to try and protect, which means it gets weak, and then eventually at some point it's going to have to come into action. Like if you're going too heavy and you do bad form on a heavy single arm snatch, then you end up hurting your back. And so, really, it's something that I've got to address a lot as well because I've got relatively tight quads, tight psoas. Um, and a relatively weak core because core work is boring, but you've got oh, to do it, up. and you've you, but you've got to do it, and it, and now is a better time than any. You could spend you know half an hour each day just working core stuff if that's what it means to you, Tom. Because then by the time you're uh, back training in the gym and actually lifting some heavy ass weights, then you're in a good step. You're in a good spot. Cool. Uh, Hamilton Bowbone says, anyone else get their ass kicked by the first day of the home workout? <laughs> yeah, I set up a home workout for everyone that was on team. What was it? Muscle. Uh, dude, I can't, re- I can't remember. But it was a bit of an improvisation. It was like circuit training. Just because I know people. 290. Dude, you're not. So your, your microphone on your headphones isn't your microphone that you're using. Huh. It's still your computer. That's why the sound quality always messes up. You have to figure out that saying. All right. Just go away and have your discussion. Um, it was a tough workout, and it was just for people that wanted to get something done that maybe couldn't even go outside and stuff. So it was just a way to get them to burn a few calories and sort of still carry on deloading, as we said in the last podcast, mm-hmm. um, and 
be able to prepare themselves for this coming week where we do have a proper program and it's it's going to be tough. All right. Next question, Colin Ingraham. Ingraham? Ingraham. Ingram. 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 I'm going to say Ingraham because it's Graham. It's wrong. <laughs> he says, is there a good home exercise to improve strength in rucking and scrummaging or even just to practice techniques at home? I mean, I saw you answer this already, um, yeah. but I think we actually covered it before as well, the core work. Yeah. Yeah, just, I mean, do core work. And again, if you're at home, this is a, just a time to work on your, all your general strength or work on what you can work on. I mean, you, you're not going to be able to work on rucking and scrummaging at home. And there's also no need because you're not going to be playing rugby for a good, you know, six months or so. So yeah. now is the time to work general stuff. Get all those, like, get, get stronger or get more mu- – or maybe not get stronger right now when you're at home, but get – definitely you can, you can get some hypertrophy or you can get some yeah. conditioning. And your conditioning can help you get stronger in the long term because if you're fitter, you can get through more strength work yeah, more and work be okay. Yeah. Yep, get through a lot more work. And then when it comes time to actually execute on your training or execute on doing the specific stuff, you're going to be better prepared for that in the future. So no need to do it, worry about it doing it right now. Um, boom. Any, any other things that you want to add in that? I would say scrummaging. If you're, uh, you know, if you're quarantined with like three other rugby players, Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can actually right? do one-on-one scrummaging, like, and you can work some sort of technique stuff because getting a feel for that is uh, like practice. It's actual practice. I mean, like, just just a thought: could you go against the door frame? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not. Maybe, but again, like, what you benefit would, like, are you getting out of that versus trying to do other stuff that's going to lead you longer term? Like, the, the, yeah, the best uh, thing you can do is get a long-term plan, work backwards from. You know, if we assume that we're going to start pre-season in July, which is a you know, a, a, it's the only thing we can assume right now. Yeah. So work backwards from pre-season starting in July and go from there. All right. So um, now we go to the questions thread. Uh, I said there's some buttes. Yeah. Tom again. Tom comes back on the pod and he says, "When you're putting your shoes on, which shoe do you put on first, left or right, and why?" I got left and I have since university. Um, I think one of the people at university did it. And then I started looking at my rituals and stuff before before games and rituals before like stuff happens and so you end up thinking about something. Yeah. Um, and that just let me I just, I've just done it ever since. I think I, I don't I don't actually particularly have have a left or right per se. It's just how a habit. Yeah, I, I know. So he, obviously he asked this question the other day. And so I've tried to pay attention. I think it's my left. Yeah, like that. More and often than not, it's my left. But I don't notice if it's my right. But let me go and get a something that's very important to show what's more important than the order I put my shoes on. Okay, cool. I assume Tom wasn't okay. talking about. Did you predict what this was going to be? Did you see what, what it was? I got street waffle. Oh, no, sir. <laughs> okay. Oh, dude, I'm jealous. Um, we should talk about diet in another episode about how to diet when you're... Because waffle is probably not the best idea if you're trying... Yeah, I know. You've got all these high... But you, your, your, your isolation is very different. Your isolation is, com- is very, very, very different. To yeah, it's my, it's my yeah. isolation. I know. I, just, I yeah. described it while you were doing your... Um, while she was spotting. Okay. Yeah. So you're you're almost going to a very similar routine as your normal day, but I got no shit. And you can you can do heavy stuff, but you can do heavy stuff. You can do your power stuff, and you need to fuel that. Most people can't, and most people have to adjust. Yeah, man, I'm doing a lot of work at the moment. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I went to get. Oh, you're (laughs) fine. It does not matter what order you put your shoes on. What matters is how quickly you take to put your shoes on. How much time are you wasting? Fucking around with that heel, with your finger in there. Maybe you're hurting your thumb trying to get it in there. You're trying to thumb it in. Mate, your shoes are too small, man. No. Although I am a proponent no, of I've, thumbing I, it in. I've even got shoes that are fairly comfortable fitting, and they're, like, they're fairly loose. This whoop, takes less than a second per shoe, like every single time. Think about how much time overall I'm saving. I'm saving like a couple years, I reckon, in, in life. I mean, I just wear sandals most of the time. 
so for those that are listening, it was a shoehorn. A shoehorn is more important. Like, don't give it like that is the epitome <laughs> of efficiency. Like if you're wasting 10 seconds at a time, every single time you put your shoes on 10 seconds is a stretch as well. A lot of people fuck yeah. around for a, for a long time. How many times do you put your shoes on? So well, I didn't, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, no, dude, I'm I'm all about that efficiency life, like brushing your teeth and flossing in the shower. Um, and brand put me onto that. Fucking, it was a game changer. Brushing teeth in the shower. Like you're Absolute already in changer. there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's like, it, and what I do. Uh, this isn't. This has got. We've already gone on from the question, but what oh. I do in the shower is that I've got one of those Sonicare ones, so it's got the two minute timer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Little yeah. beeps so every thirty seconds. Yeah, you do different parts. Yeah, I know. But that just allows me to finish my shower on a two-minute cold, because I know it's going to be two minutes, and I know I have to get through the whole thing. And you would not believe. Number one, if I'm brushing my teeth, how much longer two minutes is actually when (laughs) than what you think. And when you're doing the cold shower, yeah. So it's two things that I know. This is going to be a long two minutes, but I know I'm going to get through it. And dude, you know, I'm not going to say it's changed my life, but it's a cool thing. The, the, the brush teeth in the shower is a game changer. That's, that's fair. Yeah. All right. So you know, you, you you thought you'd you'd find out which shoe I put on first, but you've actually uh, got some information that is going to save life changing moment. Yeah. Unbelievable. Another question: Are mas- massage guns worth the hype? More so as an alternative to sporadic sports massages. I'm going to flat out just say no. Okay. And here's why I'm going to say no. Because they are like how much? How much are massage guns? Well over like, yeah, well over a hundred pound, a hundred dollars. Um, again, like not that, not that you need to like, not that I do, I'm a big believer in self massage in general because I think you doing it to yourself, you just can't put yourself through the pain that's needed to really like release, um, like some tightness that you would get from an actual therapist or an actual, uh, yeah, an actual therapist that knows what they're doing. And, you know, you have the potential just to end up irritating the muscle as opposed to um, loosen it up. And if you irritate, it's just going to tighten up more. Now, with that being said, instead of a massage gun, like just get a cricket baseball, ball or yeah. a lacrosse ball or a baseball for less than $10 and you can hit every area on your body possible. Um, that you could with a massage gun. If you really want something that's more fancy than that, then a buffer is a, is a great thing. If you just want to loosen up a muscle. Um, I've been saying this for years that they work really well. And if it's just a case of you want to do a little bit of trigger point therapy to then move and remembering that the movement is the medicine, not the trigger point therapy itself, then you're onto a good one. And, and again, you've just saved yourself the, the money that you would have spent on a massage gun. Yeah, that last point would be where I'm coming from. I think uh, I don't yeah. who asked this question, but this is a paradigm shift. Like you're not using SMR stuff as a tool to get we get to gain mobility. The SMR stuff is just there to facilitate you moving better short term for yeah. loaded movements, and it's a loaded movement which is actually changing your patterns. Yeah, so you should only really do it before you're doing any sort of movement, and then that movement yeah. is what helps you. Um, yeah. We don't, we still don't really know what it does. Um, no. But, but we know it. We know it allows you to move, and if you can move whilst you train really well, then you're going to be good. Um, and I think like it's what. So I got a, someone else commented and said, you know, it's a good way to warm up the muscles prior to training. Perfect, or it's uh, it, it's nothing magically. It's nothing magic to loosen it, but yeah, it's just a product. And, and this is the thing: like everything is about the market, right? So you look mm-hmm. at these different foam rollers, like just a normal foam roller could do. Alex is clearly preoccupied. You want to go Not too preoccupied? I'm just gonna. If you got to do spots. your spot, yeah, go do your spot. I, I can, I can do this rant alone. Trust me. Foam rolling. So, what you've got to understand is the these products are dictated by what can we sell, and so rather than people that are like injury experts getting in a room and saying, right, what can fix people the most? They're thinking, what do people want to buy the most? And people know that that the market likes to buy foam rollers. They like this idea of mobility. So then they're like, oh, what else can we do? I know, we can make a foam roller that vibrates. Why? Who the fuck knows? Because it can sell more. Same thing, we can make another foam roller that uh, you can put in the freezer 
and then you can foam roll with ice. Why? Who the fuck knows? But it's because it's something that people, they know people will buy, and therefore, if you're going to buy something that's more expensive, then they're going to get more money out of you, rather than just a foam roller, or even just a fucking PVC pipe that costs $2. You know, you, you're now spending hundreds of dollars on a machine that is completely unnecessary. Now, that is not to say if you like the idea of just hammering home, like getting a drill bit or whatever, and just nailing your muscle for a second, crap, and, and you've got hundreds of pounds available to you, have at it. But don't worry about it, really. All right. Alex, you've come just in time for me to ridicule this. I've just gone from one rant, and I'm ready to go on another rant. It's the because, play one. Yeah. <laughs> you knew it as soon as he put the play. Yeah. I've, to- I've, I've, sp- I've spoken to him about this. Millions of times. So he, he won't mind a bit of a hammering and he knows he's going to get it. I, I, I'm almost, I hope he put this up to troll me in, in, in some aspect. So he says, he comments with a picture of a plate. He says, gentlemen, what do we think of these plates sizes? First off, I have no frame of reference to really know how, how big the plate is because all I've got is a fork, which what kind of fork has only three dents? Or tri- it, well, it's a trident this- fork. Isn't it a style fork? I don't don't like that. You need more prongs on your fork, buddy. Um, (laughs) Then, okay, I've already started ranting. Then he says, uh, I'm trying to lose my belly. And then there's a lot of um, conjecture. It's It's basically some pasta, which I don't eat so often. Sweet potato, melon, red kidney beans, broccoli, cayenne peppers. It doesn't matter what this plate is. It, it doesn't matter what the plate is. It, I, I can't make any... So the, here, here goes the rant. One plate doesn't mean fucking shit because I have no idea what you're eating for the rest of your day. Um, and in fact, like, you know... Well, the other thing is, like, who is it? Is it, is it me or is it her? Like, there's a big difference between what we should be eating. Right. So the, one plate is not... You can never get a healthy or unhealthy... I mean, I guess you can get a healthy plate, right? You can get a fucking salad. But it doesn't mean shit if you're the person that's trying to gain weight and trying to gain strength and trying to squat their most weight and they're, and they're mm-hmm. doing a, a, a brutal program where they're squatting every single day uh, or you're in preseason, maybe, or, or it's game day. You don't mean, you're not supposed to be eating a salad then. So being healthy doesn't mean shit if you're trying to eat for energy within an hour. Um, one plate doesn't mean shit. I can't judge anything by a plate. Um, what... A diet, a success or a failure of a diet goes by what are you trying to achieve long term? Then the success of a failure or, or a failure of a diet or of a plate then goes, does, does this plate put you in a good position to achieve the results that you want from the diet? Um, and that plate also fits into the other plates for the day and the day fits into the other weeks or the other days of the week, right? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. You could have a plate that you could have one day where you eat nothing but salad, but hopefully that's your rest day, and that's the day where you recover because you're trying to eat really high calories on the days that you're training. But one plate is never going to be the end or the uh, the be all and end all of your diet. It's never going to make or break your diet. Um, so if you have a disaster, it doesn't matter. Just go about your next day and figure it out. Now, so what you're saying is you want him to send you pictures of 21 different plates? I no, no, yeah. no, no. no. Not, I, I want you to English. understand. Look, um, you can go to rugby-muscle.com forward slash diet. There is a physique nutrition crash course in there that will explain to you exactly how you need to look at diet. And, and what frustrates me, and it, Bo, you know this is all, all love, but you've, 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 I've sent you these videos time and time again. So watch the videos again. Understand how your diet fits in a total day. Now, um, I mean – from a personal standpoint, I'd say that plate, like one rule per, that you should have per meal is, is that depending on how often or how many meals you have having during that day, you probably want at least 20 to 40 grams of protein yeah, to, I was wondering about that, that. To, to sort of hit a uh, muscle protein synthesis, synthesis threshold. That's the only rule that I sort of feel like can sort of apply is that if you're eating a meal, it probably like for that meal to do you any like to be constituted as a meal it probably wants to give you 20 grams of protein um you know what i'm saying interesting defi- it's an interesting definition man. I like that. everything else is a snack right yeah everything else is a yeah a, a, absolutely i think if a meal is a meal it needs to have 20 grams of protein um 
this is just a hypothesis I'm developing on the spot. But I think, you know, if it's got four, if you're having 50 grams of protein per meal, you're probably only having three meals or four meals a day. Fine. If you're having six yeah. or seven meals a day, which is a bit crazy, but as long as they've all got 20 grams of protein in, again, fine. Um, you, you're doing something. So this plate, I'm not sure if it has. Um, oh, maybe. I'm not sure what I'm not sure what roasted CHX is. If that's chicken, then yeah. Home done, not brined. Weird brine a chicken. It's maybe, but or is it chickpeas? But I don't see any chickpeas in the there looks like there's chicken in this dish. And yeah. there's melon. I don't get the melon. Maybe it's a Spanish thing. Melon with, with pasta. Have you ever seen this? Uh, We've spent too long on this question, mate. <laughs> Let's move on. Chicks. All right, next question. Shane says, what are some good recovery programs to players with knee injuries? Go see a physio. Yeah, it's, it's way too complex to... You know, if you have long-standing knee injuries, we've we've spoken about knee injuries in few, in previous podcasts about like how to squat. Go back to that one. I think it was like two episodes ago. Where yeah, we I spoke mean, about Dan, someone. Dan Actually, no, it's the hundred fiftieth one. Yeah, it was the hundred fiftieth one where we were talking about like where is your, where does your knee go when you squat? Blah blah yeah. blah blah blah. Yeah. Go listen to that one. Other than that, like we can't do actual diagnostics, but that's a yeah. really good place to start. Hundred fiftieth episode, we covered it really well. Sweet. Yeah, I go back to that loading principles as well, mate. That that part, like the gradual loading of time. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then Wayne says, uh, following on from that question, I'm recovering from PCL reconstruction surgery. What are some top tips to stay motivated and not rush back into exercise too soon? Potentially aggravate aggravating during the recovery period. Also, what are other ways to improve my game whilst also whilst being out of action? So have you you're a big fan of James Smith, right? Which one? There's like one. three. There's three James Smiths now. The smarter one. Smartest uh, one. The, oh yeah, the thinker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, his Big fan. Love him. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Absolutely. I love how he just doesn't compromise the way he talks. Yeah, like, fantastic. Yeah. Um, it, he has this thing about what are the best. What are the three qualities you need to be the best at your sport? And one of them was understanding of the sport itself. Yeah. So in terms of like improving your game when you're out physically, like actually paying some attention to how sport works. Watching like, watching high yeah. level rugby yeah. is a really good yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Like I've been doing it for jujitsu. You might have seen it on my Instagram. Um, when I've been doing my workouts, I've just been putting like Brazilian jujitsu top level highlights on. And I feel like I'm learning just through that being on whilst I'm getting my, like whilst I'm training. And you can see it and you can see the, 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 the things that high level guys do you you gotta go spot again? Yeah, go spot. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, it's pretty heavy. Me too, lads. Yeah, go. Um, also, something else to help you improve your men, uh, your mental game is yeah, watch high level rugby. I've been doing it with my guys that I coach and my team. We've just been doing Zoom hangouts and picking a high level game to watch and enjoy it. Um, I think in terms of not being able to rush back, like. I mean, you've got time now. Like, you've got this season. You've got this whole season is now out. Um, you're probably are not going to come back until, what, July for preseason. That's enough time to go through, recover from a PCL reconstruction. Uh, fun fact, I personally don't have any PCLs. Both of mine have been completely ruptured. And I never had reconstruction surgery because I just built my quads up and my legs up so that they could handle that uh, in general. And it's led to some other issues, but overall, just just setting yourself some good training goals and and accomplishing those is what's going to be best. Like, there's no rush. There's plenty of rugby to still be played in the years to come by. Um, so I think you're going to be fine. Um, let me see if he has anything else. So stay motivated, not rush back. Yeah. So just. Set out a plan. So work backwards from when like a long-term recovery goal is. Maybe you don't even plan to come back playing until November, or like take the longest time, and then work back from that and rep- and just just knock each section of your training out of the park systematically, so that when it comes time to get ready to play, you're completely fine. You don't want to, you know. And if you get, if you feel like you're fitter ahead of time, then it's a bonus. But if you work backwards from 
here's when I'm like the worst case scenario when I'm expected to go play. And I just, you just consistently show up to training. You just keep um, like meeting those short term goals that make up that long term picture, then you're going to be fine. Um, and, and maybe just find some, yeah, find some other training goals to keep you occupied along that time, along that uh, timeline. I just sort of thought about this return to play stuff. Yeah. Um, Sam's got some really good, Sam Portland. He's got yeah. some really good stuff out there on return to play things. I think he's got a hip protocol. Yeah, he has. You're right. Yeah, his, his hip one's really good. I've got it. But um, you're going to do, so, but again, PCL reconstruction surgery, like I don't have any PCLs anyways, and I never had surgery. Um, both of mine got ruptured. I was just saying this. And I was just saying that, you know, plan on just making long, uh, short-term training goals within that long-term plan is probably the best way to keep yourself from um, or keep yourself to stay motivated because yeah. that's the only way you stay motivated in general. It's results are the most motivating thing. Sure. So systematically ensuring that you're getting results and meeting your goals is the most motivating thing that you can do. Um, a lot of people get demotivated because they don't know what they're doing because they're never, they're constantly questioning their, questioning their own training. Um, and they don't see the results. And therefore, it's impossible to stay motivated if you're not seeing the results. Whereas if you're doing stuff that's kind of boring, but you know it's working, you know it's getting you towards exactly what you want to be doing, then it's the most motivating thing that you can fucking get. And so I would potentially look at investing in some sort of real good way that you can ensure that what you're doing is getting you the results. <laughs> potentially looking into team rubbing muscle, because that's what we do. Well, that leads um, you really nicely to the next question. Uh, home workout program and good recovery plans, same as a good diet. It's not really a question. I don't know what that is. Um, so this is where I'll go on my little, another little mini rant about like, obviously fitness. If you follow fitness people, which you probably do, if you're on this in the Facebook group or you're listening to this podcast, then you're going to be exposed to a lot of people who are panicking right now, trying to help you guys out, which is a good thing but they're helping you out by trying to let you work out from home. But we've said it before doing random stuff is going to get you random results, which is not a good thing. So don't just do random home workouts, do like actual predicted home. Like, you know what I mean? Cross the it's like, it's, are you saying, are you saying constant variance is not the way forward? For the listeners. Um, Alex pointed to the fact that he's wearing a CrossFit London hoodie. Do you want to address the fact that CrossFit, if it's programmed correctly, isn't random either, though? Yeah, the idea of constant variance is dumb. And pro- CrossFit, or any GPP program done randomly doesn't work. So, yeah. Unless it's just for fat loss, for general fat loss and yeah, keeping yeah. you from being bored. But we've already said the, yeah. most way, the best way to stay motivated is to actually get really good, predictable results. And so... Um, like figure out exactly what you want to do with this uh, home workout program. Do you want to gain muscle? Because we can do that with a ton of bands and ton of body weight work and a decent bit of frequency. Do you want to be more conditioned? Because we can do that outside and we can go run. And you can join the Team Rubbing Muscle training camp, which is starting next week. Um, you're talking about diets and that as well, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, a good diet, you know, again, I'm a big fan of logging your diet. I think, like, I've come away from logging my diet for a few months at a time and it gets really hard to get back into it to the point where now, you know, and, and logging your diet is a lot easier once you've become, once, uh, knowing what you're eating becomes a lot easier once you've spent a long time logging your diet. But nothing is as good at, like, as, or as accurate or as effective for getting long-term results as opening up MyFitnessPal or Chronometer or whatever app you want to use and nailing your diet. Um, yeah. Because then you know exactly what's coming in. And if you're in quarantine right now and you're like one of these people that's complaining that you haven't got, you've got so much time and not enough things to do, logging your night on MyFitnessPal is that you no longer have an excuse that that takes up too much time. Yeah. I think it's a really good thing that you can do. Learn your, And you can also look back on it once a week potentially and reflect on like your habits and reflect on like how you can adjust those to get you the result you want. All right. Um, you got anything you want to say on that? Because I know you're, you're sort of strapping for time right now. No, no, no one. Four more questions. Yeah, we got it. We finish it. All right. I've started deadlifting again after a few injury setbacks. One slight... Dude, we've got a lot of people that get injured. So, were you, you have something about knee injuries, right? You know something about um, non-collision knee injuries and how to prevent them? Should we say? Should we talk about that? Did you say? 
Maybe we should yeah, do a whole podcast on. Yeah, you know, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast. Now. Yeah, so maybe it, you know, let us know. Um, in fact, you can go to Rubby Dash. No, you can go to iTunes and give us a five star review and just mention, hey, we want to know more about knee injuries. We want a whole podcast on knee injuries. We can do that. Um, other than that, yeah, he says I've started deadlifting again after injury setbacks. One slight in, in, in MCL in a knee. Once I start to add weight to the bar, about 120 kilos and up, my knee starts to shake under the load. Do you know a potential reason and best to strengthen this so I can kick on with strength training? Cheers. Yeah, okay. This is a list of deadlift progressions that I keep in the gym alongside every other movement quality progression. Yeah. Do something which doesn't make you shake to start with. Um, if there's a reason for the shaking, you need to identify what it is. If you can't, then teach it as an acquired, like a motor skill, and then you're going to reprogram it. Um, we actually recently had that with dizziness and the deadlift. And just in case there was a nun, something way from passing out. We had to Hold on. There's a, that train, there's a train going over your head. All right, carry on. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, so if it's, if it's like a learned pattern, like you have this injury and now the body's shaking as a, something's learned, you have to re-pattern that. That will take yeah. some time. If not, so I'm just looking at the questions and trying to read this. Um, if not, it might be an idea to stay underneath the weight for a little bit. If you know it happens at 120, maybe yeah. spend some time under 120. Yeah, like is yeah, 120 a max? I don't know. Yeah, that, it's hard because... I, you know, for reference, 120 kilos is a heavy deadlift for some people, and for for some people, and then for other people, it's like nothing. Yeah. Like for, so, for you, for example, it's probably not even a warm up. You know. No, no, I start free plays. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, blah, 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 potential reason. The potential reason I don't know unless I look at the deadlift. I would say it might be an idea for him to start rack pulling as a thing, and then. I assume that he's a conventional deadlifter. Might be best some, best some time in sumo. Like this dissociates from the actual thing. Yeah, because if you have no boundaries like, to, to yeah, it, yeah, there's no there's no need to to have to deadlift again. Like it's yeah, not like oh, that's not the end goal. The end goal is to be, I assume, to be a better rugby player or at least to just be a better athlete. <laughs> right? um, so if you if you like just. Forget about the idea that you have to deadlift. I think you're on to a winner there. Um, yeah. Potential reason, yeah. Is, I think if you're shaking a lot, it's a motor pattern learning thing. So just yeah. practice with that. I would I would imagine. It could be a weakness where something's like... Unless it's like a really close to max lift, in which case you get like muscle oscillation, but yeah. I don't think... But even oh, then... the weights, I don't think it's that. But even that, like close yeah. to a max, is st- that's still a learning thing. Or not, it's yeah. still the muscle trying to learn how to lift that load. Yeah, I don't. If he wants to give me a message or just tag me in it on here on the muscle muscle group, yeah, give me a bit more information. I'll get back to him. Yeah, you you can ask this diet question, okay? All right. Also syrup. Okay. (laughs) Well, I'm confused by that question. Anyway, what is an easy diet program to follow in order to gain muscle, dude? Go ahead and go go back. I think it was three or four podcasts and listen to hypertrophy hacks. So. Um, the hypertrophy hacks episode I spoke about um, cereal one of the easiest things that's going to give you more calories Um, but in general like that's the thing is that you're going to need more to eat more calories than you burn that's the only way you're going to gain weight and that's the only way you're going to gain muscle Um, and to figure out the best ways to do that rubby-muscle.com forward slash diet again there's a physique nutrition crash course I go through all the videos I explain to you how to set a diet that will hit that will get you towards any goal that you want. Um, very distracting when they're there talking, eh? But anyway, we're we're good. Um, yeah, rubby-muscle.com for this diet. Learn to like understand the foods that you enjoy that can allow you to eat just enough, but not too much that you end up getting fat. Um, but if you're really, really struggling, then you you need to eat a lot of foods that you would do enjoy and like really overdo it. Like figure out like don't worry about like quote unquote healthy foods worry about what you can have what you can do to make sure that you're eating enough so that the scale goes up and if you're not weighing yourself you have no idea if you're gaining muscle or not really 
in the long term. Consistently weigh yourself and this is the best way. Now, second question, would you rather cough syrup, like cough syrup? I think would you rather cough, I assume golden syrup. Or sneeze flour for the rest of your life. Well, I'd much rather cough syrup because if you've cough, cough syrup, then you don't have a cough anymore, right? Well, so you'd like, you'd like cough like three times, you'd cough up that cough syrup, you'd swallow said cough syrup, boom. Is it cough sure syrup is. that you cough in cough? Uh, Mate, what if, it was, I mean, if you cough maple syrup, it'd be fantastic. You can control when you cough. Like, how much you, would you, you can, cough? You can fake a cough, right? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. And, and then just drizzle it on your, on your pancakes. Yeah. Well, if it's flour, like you can't control a sneeze, man. It was uh, just going to happen, right? Yeah, fuck that. Yeah, fucking syrup, always syrup. And, and then you've got flour everywhere. Like, no matter yeah. what, like, you've seen those. Like, have you ever sneezed when you've had a nosebleed? No. It's the fucking worst. Blood just goes everywhere. It's like a massacre. Like, any clothes, anything anywhere near. Like, if you sneeze when you've got a nosebleed, like, you see how. And you see how viruses spread from sneezing because that shit just goes. It's not, no, no joke. No joke. Can you imagine that with flour everywhere? Yeah, like that. Be, no, we're doing yeah. we're coughing syrup, okay? Easy. Yeah, syrup. Easy. All right, Todd says I coach you for be fifth and sixth grade sixth graders. Any special specific nutrition pearls for this group of athletes yeah. to help to train and recover? How old is fifth and sixth grade? What? How old is fifth and sixth grade? Fifth and sixth grade. It's like, like ten, eleven? Yeah, I was gonna say ten to twelve, something like that. Yeah. Like so, so um like I think we've got train. Yeah. Well, so to help them train and recover, I guess. So we're talking only nutrition, just like they're kids. They're like, yeah, I think what's really good with kids is you learn, like they know, like as long as, so they can get their by that age, they might already have their taste buds kind of spoiled by just yeah. getting fed so much shit. But in general, like kids are very good at being intuitive about how much they need to eat. As long as they're in, in good shape. Yeah. Um, if they're a little bit heavier, then you look at towards just giving them healthier and healthier snacks. But if they're hungry a lot, um, if they learn to understand, like they're quite good at, kids are quite good at that. And as long as you're feeding them good things to deal with their hunger, then they're going to be fine. Um, yeah, and I understand restrict. that they're, like their weight, yeah, any weight problems at fifth and six, like I was fat when I was that age, like full on fat kid, you know, I, and I turned out all right. So don't, like, I wouldn't put too much stock into it. Yeah, don't, don't restrict it as well like but educate them in general because i think the more that someone learns and at that age they're looking to learn the more that they can learn and understand about eating in general is going to be better but you know nothing nothing overly specific i don't think like as long as they're eating enough they're going to be fine yeah training wise we'd look at like body weight stuff um i I think think learning to move yeah learning to move as much as you can at that age is going to be like that's the age where if you do stuff at that age you you're, you are so much set for life. Gymnastics. Send them to gymnastics yeah. is would be my uh, yeah gymnastics recommendation. recommendation. Yeah, swimming, maybe dance. Fucking dances are incredible. Yeah, but then they get bullied. So gymnastics is better than dance. I mean, if like I don't encourage said bullying, but kids are shits, mate. Kids are shits. Yeah. Sounds like that Muay Thai. Dancing oh. at Muay Thai. Yeah, or oh, do jujitsu or ra- wrestling. I did jiu-jitsu when I was young. I turned out okay. But oh, yeah. So maybe, maybe jiu-jitsu isn't the best. All right. Terrible. Um, awesome. Last question. Here we go. Would you rather have fingers like legs or legs like fingers? So I haven't – I didn't read this ahead of time, so I have no idea. I've, let me put – I'm going to defer this one to you whilst I th- contemplate. Well, I'd have fingers like legs because if I had legs like fingers, I wouldn't be able to squat. If you had legs like fingers, you'd just be falling over, right? Like – I mean, if you had fingers like legs, you'd probably be top heavy. Are we the same size? No, I, I'm assuming he's talking about like they would be built like your fingers would be, or your legs would just be built like your fingers. So, I mean, I think you'd have like a lot of back problems if you if you had your legs like think if you had legs like fingers, right? Because yeah. you'd have to be, like lean sort of back to balance yourself because you couldn't you couldn't. You could, your feet don't even it out, right? Oh, I'm, I'm confused by this question, bro. This this one has caught me out. Ground, Give me all the diet ground. questions and all the the in, like long term injury questions you can. But fuck, this one stumped me. Um, and then if you have fingers like legs, 
Like, how would you grip anything? You wouldn't. You could. But your I mean, legs are still bent, right? You got hamstrings. Yeah, but only. Just, but, but having a claw. Hmm. But can you can't kick it? Can you, if you've got full extension, you can't kick your leg too far behind. So you, mind you, you don't bend your finger backwards. So you you don't have to bend. Yeah. So this would be your ham. Your hamstring would be at the front of your finger, right? Yeah. Hamstring would be the back, but, and then, but then it would just be hamstring. So your hamstring would be here, for that. Right? Your hamstring, oh no, hamstring would be at the back. You're right, right. Yeah. No, for because that. then your quad would be here. No, your quad's an extensor. <laughs> Ham, hamstrings are flexors. Quads are extensors. Yeah, so your hamstring would be here, and your your quad would be here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Right, but then. So then, and then, so then, it would just be the last phalange that points in the wrong direction where your foot is. Is that how it works? I just, I just imagine that 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 first kind of the joint wouldn't be there. He's have like a little right. Like so it'd just be a little bit more of a little bit of an inconvenience. Like typing would be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Upside down and just hit hit it with yeah. your toes. Yeah. I mean, it's, but then so maybe that. maybe you could be like really precise with things though, because you you have those little toes. Right. I mean, I, I mean, do, 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 does your foot count as part of your leg? Yeah, for sure. I think we need this question in more detail for the next podcast. But yeah, I mean, I can't work with such little information. Yeah, yeah. as usual. Hey, ask better questions. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> Be the more, right? the more specific yeah. you are with your questions, the better. All right. Well, Alex, I think that ends these. Uh, that's the end of these questions. So yeah, any parting words for the people? Um, yeah, you can't get Coca-Cola in Cuba. Yep. What? You can't get Coca-Cola in Cuba. You can't get Coca-Cola in Cuba? Nope. You're upset that I didn't ask you the fact of the week at the beginning of this. Podcast. I went away and found something specifically. Coca-Cola yeah. in North Korea, mate. All right. yeah, next, next time you come on the podcast, we'll do a fact of the week just for you, mate. No, fuck you, man. No, we'll do out. it. Okay. All right. Sweet. Thank All you. Right. Thank you so much, everyone, for joining. Um, and I'll cue the uh, outro now. But thank you so much for everyone that joined the live. Again, any questions? Hit us up in the group. If you are listening to the podcast, you don't know where this is from. Rugby Muscle Athletes on Facebook. Just search for the group. Say you came from the podcast, and then you'll be required to ask a question to get in. But other than that, see you guys later. Thank you so much for joining. All right. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed that episode of the Robbie Muscle Podcast, then I've got a quick little request and a potential prize giveaway for you if you do said request. All I want you to do is go to Apple Podcasts and type up a five-star review. Just your general opinions of the podcast would be great feedback, but also helps us reach higher rankings, get more exposure, allow me to attract more guests and devote more time to developing a better all-around podcast experience for you. All you have to do once again is go and give us a five-star review on whatever podcast service you use. Let me know that you've got it. And then every single week, I'll be selecting one review to give away a free prize. That free prize will be either one free month of Team Rugby Muscle. That's our world-class strength condition program app delivered directly to your phone. Or if that doesn't interest you, then we've got one free consultation where I'll, I'll go over your training program, your nutrition, and advise you how to best plan for your goals. Even if none of those things interest you, it's still doing me a solid and helping the podcast grow by going and giving us a five-star review. There's no real excuse. It takes like one minute and that helps the show out exponentially. So I'd really appreciate if you could do that. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you in the next one.